Welcome to the HOA Real Talk Podcast. Real Talk is for homeowners and board members of homeowners associations. Most HOA podcasts are from attorneys or property managers. Real Talk is by a homeowner and board member and focuses on helping homeowners navigate living in a deed-restricted community. It also helps board members understand and become better at their role as a volunteer and leader of the community. The HOA Real Talk Show is brought to you by Excellence in Action Podcasting. So let's be about it and get this show started. Please welcome the host of Real Talk, Mike Sancho. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to HOA Real Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about the Karens and Kens of your community. Now, it's okay. Well, it's not really okay. You know, we're going to make light of it, and we're going to joke about it and, and uh, highlight it, but it's no laughing matter. It's We can laugh at it now after incidents have happened, but they can be scary and emotionally challenging times for the people going through these attacks by Karens and Kens. So to discuss Karens and Kens here in episode three of our second season, I have a special guest. Everybody, everybody, please welcome Melissa Bessie to the program. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. Well, uh, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us on HOA Real Talk. Why don't you tell the audience about yourself? All righty. So I'm an association manager. I'm a portfolio manager, meaning that I manage other, I mean, several communities. I have nine communities that I manage right now, all single family home communities, no condos. And I've been in this industry for four and a half years. The and a half counts because you age like dog years in this industry. And besides work, I'm a uh, mom of two kids, a junior high and high school age kid. So exciting life. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the junior high school and high school age, the tweens and teens are, are uh, the most challenging times for parenting. And I've <laughs> been there, done that. I'm glad I don't have to do it again. <laughs> so best of luck to you in, in raising uh, two wonderful youngsters. So was your career goal as a kid to be an association manager? <laughs> of course not. What kid knows this exists? I joke that I'm going to go to career day one day and, you know, like an elementary school and say, okay, which one of you likes to tattletale? Have I got a job for you? <laughs> <laughs> so what was, what was your, your goal as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I, I angled towards teaching I wanted to teach music and then I explored teaching other fields. Uh, But I brought that component of educating people and sharing knowledge to this role as an association manager. I get to educate board members on their roles and responsibilities, get to educate homeowners on their rights and the process put in place for going about taking care of their concerns. So education stills up in this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you did actually achieve your career goal because you're educating yes. everybody right. involved in, in the association and, and in the communities that you serve as a portfolio manager, because you're always going to have somebody new to the neighborhood. You're always going to have mm-hmm. a new board member. You're always going to have someone who just is not as well versed on living in a de-restricted community as others are. 
Mm-hmm. And you're still going to have people who lived in a de-restricted community for 20 plus years and still are not well versed on what it means. Yeah. So you're you became that educator that you wanted to be growing yes. up. <laughs> so, uh, how long have you been association manager? You said four years. Uh huh. Four and a four, half. Four and a half years, <laughs> and uh, so you. Your goal was to be a teacher. How'd you wind up being an association manager? How'd that work? Yeah. All right. So fresh out of college, there was a um, a a career sidetrack into nonprofit and got a feel for the volunteer board of directors and how to interface with that group. And um, we were more on the grant making side, but that dealing with volunteer board of directors skill set translated into this opening um, with my property management company, my association management, and I built it from there. Well, I, I think that's so interesting that you said being from a nonprofit background like I am and yeah. good getting into volunteer boards, mm-hmm. I think people forget that homeowners associations are not for profit. Mm-hmm. Most tax exempt organizations are nonprofit. It's the same premise. It's people mm-hmm. volunteering for the greater good. Yes. So, so you coming from that nonprofit background is it should help you as an mm-hmm. associate association manager dealing with board members. Yep. So for sure. what's the one button that if somebody said something to you from a board member, right? If a board member said something, what's that one button that a board member, board member, Ah, a board member would push by saying the wrong thing. What 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 would that look like? Um, from a board member, oh, I think that <clears throat> the button pushing from board is more about time management, maybe, okay. and um, their concerns are extremely important to them. And I have to stack them in my daily priority list about which one of these is the biggest fire to put out today. And so maybe their concern gets bumped to tomorrow. And that's when are, when are you going to get to this? And it's been three hours already. And why isn't it done? That one is hard to hear. Well, and, and it's a lot of times board members in associations are retired people. So they have a little bit more time on their hands than you and I, and they want those things done like right now, because Mm -hmm. in their world, they can do it right now. Yes. So you you walk a a fine line between really helping a board member understand roles and responsibilities and getting Mm -hmm. tasks done on their behalf and turning them into a Karen or Ken, because they easily can become that Karen or Ken as well. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so what's the best part of your job? The best part is helping people understand. They they come at, usually by the time they contact me, it's they have a, a question or a misunderstanding or they're flat out angry. And I get to understand where they're coming from, help them bring them down, you know, uh, tone down the emotions maybe if they're overheated and help them understand what an appropriate next step is. I'm a great neutral party. It's, I don't live in any of the neighborhoods I manage. Of course, I'd be conflict of interest. 
So I'm not there to take the side of the board or take the side of the homeowner. I'm just there to explain the process. And bringing that knowledge and understanding is the best part of the job for me. <laughs> well, but you, but you said something that makes a whole lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. That in, in essence, you don't have any skin in the game other right. than to do your job. Yeah, yeah. But I think people need to recognize that property managers, association managers, uh, on-site managers, whatever it is, they, they do the work at the behest of the board. Mm -hmm. It's not oh, like yeah. you come in and you decide, well, these are the rules and regulations today and, right. and make it up, right? You're, yes. you're following their lead on what they're asking you to do. And safe to say, unless it's something that's unethical, illegal, or against the governing document, you're going to uh, fulfill that requirement that request. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. My only authority uh, comes from what the board authorizes me to do. The board's authority comes from their governing documents. So it's all the rules are all laid out for everyone to see. And yeah, people like to think that, oh, my, whatever the hot topic of the day is, my grass that's too long this time is offending Melissa again. And I just got to keep Melissa happy. I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not about me. <laughs> right. So now that we've established that, let's jump right in. Let's let's get right into okay. the Okay. Okay. So, so uh, tell us your your Karen or Ken story. Okay. So I was conducting a um, inspection of the neighborhood for deed restriction enforcement, and there was a few vehicles that were parked like backed into the driveway so they had the windshield facing the street and in texas we have a, a registration sticker on the windshield and the driver's um driver's side lower corner of the windshield and it's displays in big obvious numbers if it's expired or not so i, I saw a few of them i want you to make note that it wasn't just one <laughs> Caught a few of these, and the deed restrictions for this neighborhood say that you can't store junk um, on your property. And this board interpreted an unregistered vehicle as classified as junk. Junk is the word that's in the deed restrictions, even though it's not that polite. Uh, so, at the behest of the board, I was noticing expired registration stickers. And this one uh, property owner got a letter and in the letter, it directs him to reach out to me by email or phone or contact me through the owner portal. A lot of managers have owner portals now. He did neither of those things, of course. <laughs> On a Sunday evening. Well, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Okay. Stop okay. You right there. Because there's, there's a couple of things I just want to point out. What'd you see? No, number one is that the board determined that if you have an expired registration or no registration on your vehicle, it is classified as storing junk on your property. Mm -hmm. That's pretty strong language. That's pretty offensive language to a homeowner. Calling You're my right. car. You're right. Junk. Right. So You're right. right there, that doesn't send a positive message. And it's not something that you can control. That's the governing documents and how the board interpreted that. Yeah. But I think it's You're important to state that. And the second thing I, I want to share with everyone, I don't know you. We met online on a Facebook group uh, about HOAs. 
we connected via email, asked you to appear on the show, you sent me some information. We haven't had much interaction, just a few interactions here and there. But I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure what I'm about to say is true. And I'm going to go out on a limb not knowing you. I'm pretty sure that Melissa did not wake up that day or any day and go into work as an association manager with the intent and saying, well, I'm, I woke up today. Today, I'm going to go screw over a homeowner at one of my properties. I'm <laughs> pretty sure that didn't happen. Right? You guessed it. <laughs> you're, you're not there to screw over a homeowner. You have no skin in the game other than doing a good job to keep your job. That's right. That's okay. right. All right. I, I just want to make that clear <laughs> to the audience, right? That you didn't wake up. Yeah. Decide, I'm going to go get people today. Right. It's a it's a personal vendetta always. <laughs> and, <laughs> and property owners always assume that I'm out to get them. I, me personally, or perhaps their neighbors who report them are out to get them. So there's this um, paranoia phenomenon going on in the industry. We're just enforcing the rules for everybody. So um this but you also you also stated that there were several cars so it's yeah. not like you singled out this homeowner exactly because right. uh, from a board perspective as a board member what i hear all the time is this I, I call it a myth that you're not holding everybody accountable to the same standards mm. uh, you're not applying the rules evenly how do you know who received a violation letter it's it goes to the homeowner. It's not publicized. Exactly. You don't go out and say, okay, here are the 20 people that receive violation letters and here are their violations. They mm -hmm. want to share it. That's up to them. But yeah. Yeah. So because that's, that information is private and we can't disclose who gets what kind of letter. It's always funny to me when folks go to social media and share, oh, look at this letter I got from the HOA. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, if you want to tell on yourself, go ahead. Go ahead, finish, finish. You, you, okay. you did the okay. inspections. Right, Mr. Expired Registration. Um, took to Facebook um, on a Sunday evening, like nighttime, actually, is after eight o'clock. And he's irate that the HOA is trying to enforce Texas motor vehicle code or whatever for him having expired registration. And he's going way out on a tangent saying, this is none of your business. If my car is registered or not, I'm not. It basically is questioning the authority to enforce registering a car. And I, I did reply on social media. I told him that he could contact me by phone or email during business hours. And then I just abstained. I just watched the comments <laughs> pile up because it's a little bit entertaining. Uh, but the next day when he reached out to me, I did explain to him that I'm not accusing him of operating of an unregistered vehicle because that's what Texas Motor Vehicle Code would be about, what they would care about. My concern was just storing the unregistered vehicle that the board considers junk and you can't store junk on the property. I'm like, all you have to do is get it registered or store it somewhere different. There's two solutions to this problem. Then he said, well, I've already got my registration sticker. It's in the center console over there. Okay, go, go ahead and put it on the windshield and we'll, we'll all be done here. I'm not going to put it on my windshield. I'm going to get my lawyer. The lawyer. Okay. The lawyer. Okay. Mm, okay. <sighs> 
So Sunday night, he goes on social media. Did he post a letter on social media? He did and conveniently cropped out the picture that of that sticker with the big bold numbers and you can't mistake it showing that he was like seven months expired. No, that wasn't posted. Just the text. <laughs> so his vehicle, he had been parking his vehicle in his driveway, which is his legal right to do, mm-hmm. but with an expired registration tag for seven months. Right. So in your board's eyes for that community, he for seven months had been storing junk mm-hmm. on his property. I can see mm-hmm. he was a little upset. Let's let's go back to that Sunday night. He posts the letter, doesn't show the expired sticker, Mm -hmm. and he starts honing in on you, right? You're you're trying to enforce Texas administrative law, right? um, Traffic law or something, (laughs) so on and so forth. Now, let me guess: other people started started piling on. Oh yeah! Oh, it became an absolute lynch mob. Of course, <laughs> that's what the comments are for, right? right. So what <sighs> were some of the things that were being said, if you don't mind? Yeah, there was um, a lot of the typical, it's my property, I can do what I want kind of philosophy. And how dare you tell me what to do? And you're way out of your lane. This isn't law enforcement. This isn't traffic code. This is HOA. So just a lot of different kinds of misunderstanding all colliding into one big snarl. <laughs> right. Well, because he, he got everybody to agree with him. Of course. Of course. So you, you go out, do this, you didn't walk on this property, correct? Of course not. No. Right. Stayed on the public on street. Street view. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, and in, in getting gathering information for the show, typically he would pull his car forward into his driveway but on this occasion he decided to back his car into the driveway he got busted that's right that's right if he had put in forward in instead of back in i would never have seen the windshield and would not have even noticed his expired sticker wow so how did it work out so you tell him the next day he contacts you you have a conversation Mm -hmm. he has the the registration sticker in the center console of his car, you tell him all you got to do is put it in the window or put it in the window somewhere where I could see it. And this Mm -hmm. would be resolved. And his first reaction is I'm going to get my attorney. Right. Right. I always crack up when people say they're going to get their attorney. Now, by no means am I rich. I'm far from it. Okay. Far, far from it. But I, I live in a nice community and I have the wherewithal to afford an attorney I own a business. Uh, you know, if there's a need for me to have an attorney, a person to have an attorney, I'm, I'm that typical individual that may have the need to have an attorney. Mm-hmm. I always crack up at people who say, I'm going to get my attorney. Like, I don't have an attorney. I have legal Zoom. <laughs> so anything for my business, when I have a question, I always get a different attorney responding. Right? <laughs> but, you know, I always am amazed and crack up when people say, I'm going to get my attorney. Like, how, how are people walking around with a personal attorney all the time? And how come I'm not <laughs> hip to that gig? And, and what do I need to do to get one? Because I think I need one at this point. Right. And it's, it's, it's hilarious. I'm going to get my, <sighs> and those are the individuals in my, you know, in my experience, uh, 31 years plus in, in the nonprofit world, that when mm-hmm. people make those idle threats, those are the ones you never have to worry about. 
Absolutely. If someone's savvy enough that has an attorney, they're not going to let you know you all of a sudden get a letter from an attorney. You were like, oh, where'd this come from? You're so, so right. Yes. So, so we, those were heated words as the attorney threat often comes across as just a moment of excitement and then it passes. Um, so the next inspection, see the same vehicle and you got to slow down and watch for it, right? Because you got to see what was happening last time and is it still happening or is it fixed? So you got to reinspect. And I'm looking out for this one particular vehicle and it's backed in again and it has a shiny new sticker. Like, well, look at you. Wow, <laughs> well, all that and all he had to do was go like that. Right, right. <laughs> that is a typical Karen or Ken move, right? Mm -hmm. Something's all full of lust and all you have to do is just take the thing and stick it on the window. It wasn't complicated matter. Exactly. So as, as you're going on site and you're doing inspections, do you have a fear for your safety? How do you handle being safe out in your communities? Because mm -hmm. this whole thing with cameras and cans is getting out of hand. It's, it's, yeah. People are, are now quick to, you know, it's my rights are being violated. You're violating mm -hmm. my rights. And now people are feeling like they can get in people's faces. They can get aggressive mm -hmm. individuals. How do you handle that? Has it happened to you? And how do you, make sure you're being safe out there in your communities. Yeah, that's a really smart concern to bring up. We do have safety measures. Um, we Association managers, property managers. Um, I personally use a dash cam and it's recording front view, but I can always, you know, snag it off the windshield anytime I need and point it right at my confronting person. Folks do confront some times and sometimes they'll take a friendly attitude and be like hi i see you're rolling around with your flasher lights on are you lost can i help you and that's appreciated i, I appreciate them being good neighbors like that and other times it's like what are you doing taking a picture of my house <laughs> okay all right so we gotta take it down and the biggest thing i've learned that i didn't know when, when I first started this work um, is to not match their energy, stay calm, stay above the situation, realize that the heart of what they're asking is explain why you're here. I feel afraid. And just, so just simmer down that fear. I'm with the HOA and we're just out here on a deed restriction enforcement inspection. And so if it goes on from there, I, some specific encounters I've had are I, I roll up to a home that's got trash in the yard, on the driveway, objects besides visible trash, just things like there's a leftover garage sale or something and music is blaring as a bonus. <laughs> so I roll up. I've always got my windows down when I conduct an inspection for better pictures. and. Then a, the woman comes marching out, kind of where the, the shoulders are swinging. And she's just taking really big steps. And she comes right up to my window and being like, I know who you are. You're the HOA. And I'm like, all right, well, let's no need to introduce myself. Yes, ma'am. I am the HOA. 
And then she starts cussing and saying, you know, explaining her hardships and why the house looks this way and like, all right. And then it, it does start to get a little threatening. So I grab my, my dash cam and I'm showing it to her. I put it not right in her face, but, you know, I pointed at her. And then, then, then she holds up her phone. You're like, yeah, I got you on camera too. <laughs> okay, we're having these video wars now. <laughs> video wars. <laughs> but I explained to her that, you know, first of all, I empathize. She's telling me the barriers to why she's not been able to pick up the yard lately. And it's family stuff and medical stuff. And like, okay, I understand, man, that's such a hard place to be. And I, I'm help her feel heard in that way and validate and it changes the whole energy of the conversation I asked her can she tone down the music just a bit and she after the the cussing me and putting her phone in my face (laughs) she does turn around and say thank you for coming around and thank you for being so reasonable I'll turn the music down right now and I'll get this cleaned up just give me a little more time I'm like, absolutely. And we negotiate a different timeline and it's all handled right there. So what started out as like a potentially threatening attack, she ends up thanking me and is a good neighbor on the end of it. Well, uh, kudos to you for, for, you you know, de-escalating the situation and, and diffusing by being empathetic and listening. I think half the time, you know, I'm not saying that association managers don't listen or listen and homeowners don't listen or listen or board members don't listen or listen half the time you know the definition of communication is the act of giving receiving and sharing information Mm. and a lot of times miscommunication takes place because I'm giving a message and you're not receiving it how I intended to give it yeah and yeah. then whose fault is that? Right. We need to put blame on someone. If I want you to understand my message, I have to give it to you in a manner that's receptible to you so you can understand it in the way mm-hmm. I intend it to be understood. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's no interpretation. And and a lot of times it's just allowing people to be heard, mm-hmm. to get it off their chest. But I, I read a, a real good article that talked about. Karen's and Ken's and negativity of mm. never allowing them to get the attention. Mm. And the way you give them the attention is you reply back. Like I'm poor at that. Like if you come at me, I'm coming back at you when you do. <laughs> right. So, so my wife says I should have been a lawyer because I love to argue, <laughs> but, but, but it's so true that just, Hey, don't need to respond. Like, you know, I, I, I tell board members and and my fellow board members in meetings, like, we don't need to respond to that one. Mm. And then afterwards they asked me, I said, why why give them the attention? Uh, And then what always winds up happening is I'm the one who gives that kind of sage advice and then violates it. Like the very (laughs) next moment, I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) And they always, they're older than me. And they, they, you know, they pull me aside and say, I thought you said not to give them attention. I said, yeah, I told you not to give them attention. (laughs) Same thing about me (laughs) type thing. No, and and it's great advice. That, that you're giving to everyone to really focus on, let's listen to folks. Let's try to understand what they're going through. And at the end, she came up with her own solutions, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the appropriate way to, 
to go about doing it mm-hmm. right? is you're, you're trying to, and I can't believe it's taken me this long to say it. I haven't said it right. Unbelievable. But the reason you're on site doing enforcement inspections is what? Because you want to hold everybody to the same standards to keep mm-hmm. the community, uh, you know, all on point and everyone following the same rules and regulations and keeping what the hood looking good and property <laughs> values high. That's right. That your role, right? You've been hired as the association manager to get that accomplished. So kudos to you for, for staying on top of it. Uh, I, I, you know, you, you, you said a, a lot today, right? So mm-hmm. uh, what is your superpower? Because you, you know, I believe every person has a superpower. So you're on site, you're doing these inspections, and in my few interactions with you, you have this aura about you that just seems like very calming. Like, Melissa's here, you know, uh, everything's (laughs) going to be okay. What is your superpower? Oh, that's so funny. Um, A couple of years ago, I actually had t-shirts printed up after a de-escalating an owner situation that said, smoothing ruffled feathers is my superpower. In this case, it was about he was offended by the language a a previous manager had used in uh, he had a stack of lumber on the side of his yard and she called it trash and debris. Please remove your trash and debris on the side yard. And at first he's looking around. He's like, what trash? I don't see any trash. And then he comes to understand after a few more letters you mean the pile of wood, the good lumber that I harvested from my son-in-law's fence? And I'm about to build a chicken coop. Don't worry, somebody else's neighborhoods. I know we don't do chickens. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good lumber. I, I am offended that you call that trash. Well, I listened to him for quite a while, longer than my boss thinks I should have. <laughs> and I helped him come to a place of rational conversation and helped him understand all we need is for him to go ahead and get on with that project or store it behind the house where no one can see it. That's it. Options. And he was like, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for listening to me. I felt like they didn't understand. And so smoothing ruffled feathers is my superpower. Smoothing ruffled feathers is Melissa Bessie's superpower. Yes. That, that is awesome. Well, I, I, I think you're, this one community may have an issue and it's a, it's a communication language barrier issue mm. using language like junk. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, You know, I'm available to uh, do a, a zoom workshop with your board uh, in that community to teach them words. They should never say to homeowners. Right? Good idea. Junk, <laughs> idiot. You know, uh, <laughs> so oh boy. there's a bunch of uh, key words mm. that you can say to a homeowner that would, send them, you know, uh, over the top. So this has been very informative. I, I thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having this information me. is helpful to homeowners because homeowners at the end of the day, we, you know, we're, we're, you know, we laugh at Karen's and, and we share posts about Karen's and Ken's and, and all of those things. But we're hoping that you understand that the association manager, your property manager has a job to do. They are doing it at the behest of the board. The board follows what the governing documents require them to do. As a homeowner, you have a responsibility. 
you signed on the dotted line to live in your deed restricted community, you have a responsibility to follow the rules and regulations and the governing documents and the bylaws, all that good stuff. And the board has the same requirements. They're fellow homeowners. This has been, you know, very helpful because all we're trying to do is keep the hood looking good and property values high. That's right. And, and that's the bottom line. No one's trying to single you out. And I hope you listening to this as a homeowner that you take a step back. And, and if you're a Karen or a Ken, that you take a step back and say, Dag, I need to chill out. If we turn one person who's a Karen or Ken into a normalized back to their normal <laughs> selves, this would have been worth it. Uh, and hopefully we, we turn more than one person around. Right. So board members, remember de-escalation, you know, mm -hmm. uh, don't match. Melissa said it best, right? Don't, don't match their energy. So they're coming at you with negative energy, matching mm -hmm. it with uh, negative energy. Uh, yeah. Doesn't work. Although, although my wife and I had a debate one day, uh, we were talking about this type of thing. I was telling her about the episodes I'm doing this year. And, and I was like, and she goes, well, you're the worst person to talk about it, Mike, because mm -hmm. you go back at people. And I go, I have a different philosophy. If you come at me hard, I come at you hard. If you come at me negative and I come at you negative, two negatives make a positive. I remember my, my math lessons <laughs> from school. But it doesn't work that way, folks, right? Again, I like to bring light and humor to it. It's not funny, but we can laugh at it now because, again, we're, we're just, it's a community. And, and community is about bringing people together and about people working for the common good of having what? Your hood looking good and your property right. values high. So, Melissa, the floor is yours to give out a shout out. Anything right. you want to say to the audience, go ahead. You've got the floor. Awesome. Thanks again for having me on HOA Real Talk. Um, I want to give a shout out to Community Associations Institute. They are the organization that educates and gives credential, professional credentials for folks in my field. And um, who even knew, did you, okay, pop quiz, Mike, did you know that there was such thing as credentials in the association management field? Yes, I did. Yeah. Because Excellent. our property manager has all these letters after her name. Wonderful. I don't know Good what they mean. Her. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> so shout out to Community Associations Institute. I love learning from them and maintaining the integrity of this field through participating in their um, education seminars. Awesome. That's my shout out. That's her shout out. Well, Melissa, I, I thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule with two kids and happy home to join us on HOA Real Talk. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your, your insights and your words of wisdom on how to turn Karens and Kens into our very own superheroes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, everyone, until we see you again, be safe and be well, my friends. The views and discussions heard on this podcast are the opinions of the host and guests and are not to be taken as legal advice. You do not go on social media for your legal advice, so do not come to HOA Real Talk either. However, if you do go on social media for legal advice, all I can say is you're screwed.